everyone. Welcome back to Communication Corner. It's your host, Hannah. And I'm Lido. And in today's episode, we will be continuing our conversation on our SLP journey and diving deeper into our undergrad experiences. We will be focusing on our volunteer work that we completed and sharing our general thoughts and feelings as our time as undergraduates. So get ready, relax, and enjoy our insightful conversation, and let's talk speech therapy. So now we're going to talk about our experiences volunteering, um, what you should look for when you're doing volunteering, um, and what's a good experience. I think, well, I take that back because I don't think there's very many bad experience volunteering. (laughs) Like no one's going to be like, oh, you volunteered doing this? Never mind. Um, But (laughs) we are going to go into the topic of volunteering. So Hannah, talk to me about volunteering. How many times did I say that word? (laughs) I... I feel like you did a lot more than I did personally, but I took it when I heard you had to do so much volunteer work in order to like get into grad school, you needed a lot of experience. I made sure I did everything in my power to get into grad school. I don't know if this was for like, like for you, but I made sure I took any opportunity I could, um, and any experiences I could. I, yeah. Um, what did I do? Like, um, I think the biggest, I think this also was for you as well. The biggest advice or the best advice I got was to make sure that we have different age ranges. So like a lot of the times, um, students will focus on one age group usually, or typically it's pediatrics and then Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of, you know, adult population or, um, young adult or like teenage population, and so making sure you have a wide um, variety or age ranges to go off of. Yes, um, I agree. What did you do in your experience? Um, so I also did a lot of volunteering, but I, so with me, and I think this annoyed a lot of, or I won't say a lot of people, but it annoyed a certain amount of people um, that I was very involved. I feel like any so research that was available, I was like on it. If there was like a position, like I wanted to be in this lot, but I specifically wanted the role that I had. I didn't want any other role because um, I wanted to work with international students. What was your, what were you? Um, do I remember my title? It was like a secretary for SPMG, I think um Mm. they've changed it now it's not the it's not that branch isn't called that anymore and that's not the name of the role but I chose that because you got to work with international students and I love learning about new cultures and I love learning Mm. about just like different people and actually it turned out to be so good because a lot of the transfer students were from Sardia or from Jordan or from and you guys I felt like oh my gosh I'm between like I'm home it was just a really Mm. good feeling I still have some of um we had a lot from Korea too, and I still have a few of them on my um, Instagram. But anyways, I did so much. But the reason I did so much is because I love so many different things. And when I was in high school, like I never got the opportunity to like, I volunteered a little, I did one internship, I think. But like, I was very (laughs) closed off from the world, sheltered. And so when I started college, like I became like a board member on MSA, Muslim Student Association. I joined so many clubs. And so when I saw like, oh, we do need a lot of volunteering for our program, I just shifted my focus to, you know, Mm, our program. And the more I did, the more passionate I got. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, I agree with you about like, you need to have your experience be across the lifespan. 
So um, that's what I was looking for. Lifespan. Oh, so um, and some spots are going to be difficult, but um, I would say like for me, I tried to have like at least one experience where I was working like with kids um, Mm -hmm. and then I tried to do like the research. Those were mostly with adults. Um, I knew that I wanted to have um, longevity. So that's something else that I want to talk about was like, it's better for you. This is what I was told at our time, but it's better for you to have, you know, a couple, like maybe three volunteer things that you do for a long period of time for like a year or more or six months to a year. Um, because that's looks really good on the application. Um, plus the longer that you're working with a group of people, the more you're going to learn, right? If I'm just like, I'm going to do zero to five for like five weeks and then I'm going to do, you know, teens for five weeks. Like I'm not going to absorb as much information, but the longer that you're with them, the better, um, that's not to say like, oh, don't do like, you know, the one day volunteer things, mm-hmm. I'll still do it. But, um, I would just say, even if it's only like one hour for a week, for a year, that looks, I think that shows consistency. It looks good. Um, and then let's see. So like for me, the way that I addressed the lifespan, I like, I chose to work with, to do story times at the food bank where we got kids, Um, I would say like from a few months old was the youngest all the way to like maybe 11, even though like the cap Mm, was at six, mm -hmm. um, they would bring in their siblings. Um, And then I would, for um, school age, I interned with a school-based SLP. And then um, for adults, I did the programs that our professors offered, but I also reached out to a speech therapist um, at a hospital and I asked to Mm -hmm. shadow her because... I couldn't get an internship or volunteering. Like I know Sutter does regular volunteering. Um, I couldn't get one a volunteering with them for the life of me. It was it's just so it's like, really hard. Rigorous. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is hard. like a lot of people apply. I even like I remember they do like this big orientation and there was just like over a hundred people. Um, and then I think, yeah, I think that's kind of what I did. Like I just anytime I heard about something that sounded interesting to me, I when I looked into it. And then also I did meet with professors and ask them if they had any, I knew I liked research. So I went to each professor that I liked what their field was. And I asked them if they needed a research assistant. And that actually got me a paid research assistant position. So you did so much wrong. Like she did, you guys, she did so many things. I didn't do a lot of things in school. I did a lot Mm -hmm. of things outside of campus or outside of the university. Um, If you don't mind, I was going to talk about the mm. different experience I had, I yes. ended up, I was really involved in my church. And so like to, in order to get like younger, like early intervention or like toddler experience, I did, was involved with the nursery. I did a mm-hmm. mentorship with my youth group um, from the church I went to at the time. And so I mentored high school girls for like three years. Um, mm-hmm. And then in order to get like, I was an um, ABA therapist at the time. And so I got a lot of ABA therapy or I worked with a lot of patients with or clients mm-hmm. with autism. So that helped a mm-hmm. lot. I did that for years. And so I think that really helped my resume personally. Mm-hmm. Hot take. I don't know if, you, if you're listening. <laughs> ABA can be um, kind of controversial. Um, Maram yes. and I talked about this and we can talk about yeah. that in a segment mm-hmm. in the future. But I was an ABA therapist at the time. And then mm-hmm. what else? I did a lot of like you, like you did, adults. I worked with our um, professors who had programs at our university. And then I actually reached out to 
different. Oh, after, if we go back to episode, I don't remember three, I talked about how the professor said that I would never get into grad school because of Mm -hmm. how I was. And so I actually took that summer and I worked with adults with developmental disabilities at a like adult Mm -hmm. day center. Um, And so I reached out to the ones in my community and they let me shadow for like, I would say a summer, like even I didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot. I had a few long-term ones, but Mm -hmm. sometimes if you just do it for two months, like you, you're like there every single week for like five hours a week for two months, Mm -hmm. you get a lot of experience doing that, even though there's just for a summer. Um, Do you, oh, sorry, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, do you have um, any more experience? Okay. Cause um, my next question was going to be, do you feel like looking back at your resume that you did too much? Like, do you feel like, oh, I could have gotten in, or like, that sounds so cocky. Um, like, I potentially <laughs> could have gotten in with less. Because I felt like, I, okay, you tell me what you feel first. No, I think I did just the right amount because I felt like if I did less. Because we were a competitive cohort. Yeah, no. And that's, I think we should talk about that as well. That to lead into mm. our next segment. I, like I said in the beginning, I ha- I tried to do everything I could in order to get in. Like I made sure, and we were a large, there was a large amount of people that applied mm-hmm. um, during the time that we had applied. And a lot of people wanted to get into grad school. And so I wanted to make sure that there was no way that I couldn't say that I did everything did I could. Yeah, I didn't do mm-hmm. my best in order to get in. So I took all like the professor's advice, like going mm-hmm. across the lifespan, making sure I have different types of experiences. And one of the things actually, you brought it up that you worked at the, um, you said homeless shelter? Is that what you said? No, I was at the food bank. Food bank, food bank. But um, I actually worked a lot with my church and we did a lot of outreaches to the homeless community. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was kind of, it was just very different from, you know, speech therapy that it kind of looked good yeah. on my resume it was very it was like I wanted to do it in general but it was great to yeah. have on my resume you know what I mean it yeah. was just very different I think I think something I did different that um that wasn't related to speech therapy but still kind of was that I was really passionate about was I did I was a volunteer for the Refugee Enrichment and Development Association um mm-hmm. Rita and they work with refugees from around the world but around the time that we were in undergrad we were getting a lot of refugees from Syria. So, um, and then being a volunteer there, I think I did like social work stuff. Like I was a case manager. Um, and then I ended up starting like a tutoring program, which I think relates more to speech therapy. Wow. You're so amazing, Rom. You're so great. Like literally. (laughs) No, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. But here's the thing. I, I would have kept going if like I, so then I moved two hours away no yeah I moved two hours away from where that program is mm-hmm. um and I looked around me for something like that and I even reached out to them and I said like hey guys do you know of any refugees in this area that need any kind of help or whatever and there wasn't anyone near me I'm sure there are but like nobody that I knew of so like I feel like part of it is picking stuff that you are passionate about and if you know that you're interested in like a specific field of being speech of speech therapy like it's dysphagia TBI whatever it is that you're interested in do your best to get some experience with it. I knew I wanted to do multiculturalism. Like that was really one of my biggest passions. Um, I really wanted to focus on like bilingualism and just like education. Um, 
because for a long time, like we were telling parents like, oh, if you speak your second language to your kid, like that's Mm going to mess them up or, you know, just different things like that. And I wanted to squash that because (laughs) that's what my mom was told. And so um, I just like find your passion and then try your best, even if it's just shadowing once. Like I know we Mm -hmm. said try for longevity. That is going to look good. But also for yourself, you should try to find – you should try to find what your passion is. And then the Mm -hmm. way you're going to know is through different experiences. Also ask your professors. I got so many cool volunteering opportunities. I don't know if you knew this, but I was um, a volunteer at a clinic that a nursing professor, like the nursing department had a professor who collaborated with our professor. And I got to do hearing screenings there for immigrants and refugees who were undocumented. Okay, Um, Rob, you did so many things. I didn't do it for long. It it was like every like third Saturday, but I loved Mm -hmm. it because I loved working with that population. And I think even to like some degree, it was a little selfish because like it made me feel really good. It made me feel really thankful for where I was like in my Mm -hmm. life. And and it made me feel like I was giving back to my community. And I feel like that's, you know, something where I just, I really loved it, but I wouldn't have known mm-hmm. about it if I hadn't asked our professor right. who then right, was right, like, right. actually, I know someone in the nursing department. And yeah. and then that turned into like a paid research opportunity. So like, right. I think it, that was really, it was like over the summer I did like data yeah. entry. So like, if you don't ask, then you won't know. And if sure. the worst they're going to say is no, but mm-hmm. even if they say no, they know that you were taking initiative, that you are interested in their field. Um, and so just like, Try your best. I know it's hard to get into hospitals, but you can do like shadowing. Yeah. Um. It never occurred to me to reach out to like um, a nursing home or uh, a SNF. I think yeah. you, I would have had better luck volunteering if I had there. Luck. I was only reaching out yeah. to big hospitals. Wait. So did you? Do you feel like you did too much in undergrad? No. Hmm. Okay. So similarly to you, I okay. So I was only. I'm a Middle Eastern Muslim girl, so I, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't married, so um, I feel like some people are going to be like, oh my gosh, and some people are going to be like, relatable, um, especially if they're had up, but I wasn't really allowed to go far for school, that sounds so messed up, but like, just culturally, I wasn't able to go far from home, I wasn't going to be able to go to a different state, so I knew my only options were the school we applied to, and then there was a school that was 45 minutes away from me, and so, like, that was 45 minutes away from us. And that school was a private school and it was like $80,000 for tuition. So I couldn't afford that school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really, I think everything I did, I needed to do so that I could get in, like, so that I can make sure, like you said, there was no doubt in my mind. I tried my best. Right. Yeah. But I also just genuinely loved everything I did. I don't think there was a single experience that I did where I was just doing it to put it on my resume. I was literally like... And it sounds, I feel like it, like, I don't know, like, I just genuinely loved everything I did. And every time I did something, I was like, this is what I want to specialize in. Every time mm-hmm. I did something, this is mm-hmm. what I want to specialize in. Um, and then it ended up being pediatric feeding is what I'm like, what I really want to specialize in mm-hmm. and parent education. But I didn't know that then. So, and I wouldn't have known unless I worked in it. So true, true. That actually leads us into our next part was um, because we tried so hard to get in GPA. I think we should also talk about that. Like since that's, that puts a lot of, a lot of weight into your application as well. What GPA did you strive for? Or what kind of grades Um, did you strive for? Okay. So (laughs) full disclosure, um, I have never been a straight A student. Um, 
So <laughs> we're going to like go way back in time to when I was in the Middle East. I literally couldn't be a straight A student if I committed to studying and nothing else. Um, and I was actually like my, my average was D. And then in ninth grade, oh, yeah. I switched to an English school. Um, it was like an, considered an international school, right? Because I was overseas and it was in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I started getting my grades up. I started getting Bs and I think I got a couple As. I always got A in English because English overseas is so easy. That's the only mm-hmm. easy class. Um, and then during high school, I did a lot better during high school. I'd say it was like Bs and As. But Mm -hmm. once I found out how competitive state was, I don't think anyone in my family knew I could study the way that I studied. I mean, you guys, I, and I think that's why I was asking you if you felt like you did too much. Because looking back, I did did not have a life outside of this. And I studied so much. So I was always striving for A's um, because I just, I didn't want the reason that I didn't get in to be because of my grades. And I also just always, yeah. And I always felt like a little dumb. Believe me, she was so smart, guys. Okay. So here's the thing. I was able Mm -hmm. to just like channel my energy into studying. And so I always strived for A's because I was really putting my all into it. Um, I don't think there was like a single quiz or test where I was like, eh, whatever happens, happens. Like I genuinely gave my all. That doesn't mean that I got all A's in my first two years. I'm glad. So do you know, I feel like I can't tell a story without going off a tangent, but (laughs) did you know, like, so at our university, it only mattered what your major GPA was, right? Other universities, your overall GPA counts. So thank God for us. It was only our major because I think like economics, I got a D in. Physics, I got a C. Why did you take economics? um, It was that year was crazy. I took physics, economics. Wait, why why though? Why did you take economics? It just covered. It just covered like a pre like a out of uh, all the courses you could take. I thought it would be you could take economics. Like for. helping you decide courses I have no idea what I was saying um let me think oh yeah I don't even know how I went on that tangent so (laughs) I always strived for A's but I didn't always get them oh my point was my point was um that I didn't have all Mm -hmm. A's Mm -hmm. in my freshman and sophomore year so when I started my majors when I really started getting the A's um but yeah I I did I strived for A's what about you I worked really hard to get all A's as possible or as much A's as I could. I made sure that like I calculated, I don't know if you did this, but I try to calculate how many A minuses you can get versus a a B. I didn't get any B's. Oh my gosh, I was so scared of B's because like I said, I Mm -hmm. tried so hard. I'm pretty sure I got a B, yeah. Really? What course? Do you remember um, if I did, actually, I, I think I have my transcript saved to my desktop, actually. Um, weirdly enough, a job I applied to asked me for my transcript. But anyways, um, weird. But I think the B was in language development. I got an A plus in um, physics of speech and hearing, though. And I know a lot of people didn't, so. Yeah, no, I got an A minus in that. I was very close to a B, but I was like, no, no. I No, I was very close. Trust me. Trust me. But um. I think it was like you can get four A minuses or one B in all A plus A or A pluses. And so like I strived mm-hmm. so hard. Then maybe I didn't get a B. Maybe I got an A minus. You might have. What was your do you remember your GPA? My major GPA was three point either three point seven five or three point eight nine. I don't remember which one. Um my overall GPA was three point five four or three point six four. 
I mean, you took economics, so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like, I, that's that's surprising. I would have failed. You know, I went in. I went into the counselor. I went into the counselor, and I was like, "Cause okay, this is the kind of student I was, right?" So I did get like, I got a D in economics, and then like I failed physics. So I went into the counselor's office, and I was like, "Hey, I got these bad grades. I want to retake the course." And he was like well, usually you don't retake a course that you passed. And that's how I knew I passed economics. I was not retaking it. I was going to end. Sorry. I, we're gonna, I'm going to stop you there, Rom. I think you've had too much coffee. I'm going to stop you there and ask you your general thoughts. Of, where's there more you'd say? No, I think I can put it under this section. <laughs> <laughs> your general thoughts on undergrad. I'm going to go first this time. My general thoughts. Of, of undergrad <laughs> was we were just too dang competitive and this is why I say that um it was cutthroat you guys it was very cutthroat I felt like and I think we might have touched on this before but I felt like we couldn't be friends with different groups so Maram and I actually were in very separate friend groups um I remember you were very prominent the first day of undergrad and everybody knew who you were I was the only hijabi guys well, you were the one that was teaching the course. I swear, like the first day, I think the professor called on you. What course? Every course. You were literally number one in every single, every professor knew you. Yeah, because I was the only hijabi. I st- put on a hijab. And it, like, that's my <laughs> advice to anyone. I'm just kidding. Um, what I was going to say is, you know what's funny is the course you're talking about, I think, where you're like, was it anatomy? No, I just, I just remember you in every single course. Because anatomy, I thought that professor hated me. Uh, well, in anatomy, because she would like joke on me. I realized it was just her professor. It was just her personality. Um, but I felt like she would pick on me and she would be like, anybody but my mom. I, I remember. And I was someone who had public speaking fear. Oh my gosh. I remember her saying that. Yeah. And I remember someone who was so afraid oh of public goodness. speaking. And so like when she would do that, it would just like, it would, hurt, it would hurt. But here's the thing. I do love that professor. And I actually like have run into her outside of the university and like we're chill guys love her um but I do remember as like a junior who was terrified that um I did think she hated me and I thought that's the class you were talking about because she would always be like anyone but madame (laughs) no 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 you were literally number one not number not me like number one you were the number one student honestly but you just were so prominent in every every single class we took um I yes, I'm yes, very you know. outspoken for someone who's afraid <laughs> yeah, of that's why you were like, not. no way you have fear of public speaking. My heart rate raises though. Like I want you to think of every time I raised mm-hmm. my hand or just spoke out, literally there's so much stress associated with it. But I was determined right. to overcome it. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, you set a goal mm-hmm. for yourself and you're like, I'm gonna overcome this. Like I was like, there's I was on speaking panels, I was like doing oh anything I could to overcome this fear. Um, even though I think being in a, yeah, I'll add that after. <laughs> Go ahead, finish your um, general thoughts. Sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. This is probably so I was trying to say, <laughs> I was My trying to say that <laughs> we just couldn't be friends with each other. For some reason, there was just like the stigma that like you pick your friend group and that's your friend group and you couldn't intermingle for some reason like if you try to give advice or try to talk about a test or you know try to study with somebody else I felt like everyone was like oh my gosh like what are you doing that you're cheating on us yeah you're cheating on us and like I felt like we weren't friends in undergrad because of that stigma that's so fun like did you feel that way Hannah 
No. Okay. I okay. No. Let me say. I do think there was there was definitely clicks. There was definitely that vibe mm-hmm. of like you're hanging out with them now. Like, and I don't know if this is across the board. I don't know if this is other universities. I don't know if it's still like this. Undergrad was yeah. so so toxic, you guys, and I feel like it genuinely brought out the worst in people. Um, and I feel like even some students, and maybe this will be a trauma dump sometimes, like, I guess I didn't realize that I was so prominent, like so you said, prominent. and so there were some students who genuinely oh targeted gosh. me, and, like, they were such bullies, and they, like, they literally tried to ruin my SLP career for over nothing, like, I, I oh like, my god, they literally had nothing bad to say about me, but they still hated me, um, but here's the thing. I didn't consider us <laughs> no, not friends. No, I didn't. I no, we were- I thought we were friends too. <laughs> I'm someone though. Yeah, but I'm someone who like, I will be like, oh, that person's my friend and we've only met like twice. Right, right. No, I'm the same way. Um, But like, I genuinely like, because I really liked you and I really like, I loved your outgoing personality. I even remember like, remember we talked about how I remember weird things I think I remember the first no time I like noticed you were in the class you were like oh I have an aunt who's I in audiology I think that, it was during yes. like language development and the professor was like oh I know you you speak Tagalog and you're like yeah wow. I do. I, I, junior year, literally I remember the conversation and I was like and I was like oh my gosh like I want to be her friend and I mean I love my friends and I can say like even amongst ourselves I think we had some toxic moments but like overall mm-hmm. like we are all still really close um no, same, same to this mm-hmm. day they're all wonderful women um and so but yeah it was definitely it was just it was so toxic yeah. I think that's where my anxiety really peaked and mm-hmm. I've had a hard time like bringing it back down um I like I literally had my own personal bully did you really loved it um, talk about building character. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so sad. Wait, do I know this person? Yeah, you do. A hundred percent. You do know this person. Oh my goodness. Wait, wait. So like, I want to add though, I want to add that it was toxic because I felt like, and t- correct me if I'm wrong, I felt like it was toxic because everyone was just trying to get into grad school. Everyone was like, I want to get in. Everyone wanted to go to this that university. No, it's just like it's so rare. I think maybe everyone just wanted to be at home. Maybe everyone just lived at their home and they wanted to be commuting close to home. You know what it is? I think our university, our professors, mm, like were so great right, and they hyped right, right. up the grad program so much yeah, um, that right. everyone was like, this is the grad program to be in. Honestly, if I was someone who could go out of state or even if like I was someone who could go to SoCal, mm. I don't think I would have picked our program. Having said that, I love our program to the point where I would want to be a, yeah. Super, yeah. Um, a supervisor for them or a professor there. Like my dream is to work for this program. Like I really love it. Um, but I don't think that's where I would have chosen to go if I had the option to go other places. Well, I think it's also because of the field or the the specialty we picked. I mean, like our program didn't specialize in dysphagia. Like we mm-hmm. both are both feeding therapy or like, you know, you work with early intervention feeding. I work with dysphagia mm-hmm. with adults. We had yeah. like one slide on feeding for mm-hmm. like for children, you know, for pediatrics. And then our dysphagia course was just really um, just not up to date with its research. And I feel like we had to do our own learning in regards to like a lot of the things that I know about dysphagia Mm-hmm. I learned nothing about in our dysphagia class. You know what I mean? And so I think that's why, like, I would have picked mm-hmm. 
I would have picked a school yeah. that really focuses on medical speech therapy, which our school kind of didn't. Yeah, I would have picked a school that focused mm-hmm. on medical speech therapy for sure. Um, and I think I would have picked a school that like focused mm-hmm. on pediatric mm-hmm. medical, I think specifically. Because um, back then I thought I wanted to be in the NICU. So right, right, I for right. sure would have gone more to the medical route. I mean, but you're right. I do. I do really like our school. No, you're fine. I really do like our school. Um, but I, I think for me, it was convenient for me to stay there. It saved me a lot, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that. Also, we had one of the lowest tuitions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that? We'll talk up? about that. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is coming up in our next seg- in our next. Um, oh yeah, next podcast. segment. Yes. Okay. But um, yes. We'll, we'll talk about that. But it was very convenient for us, I think, both of us to go to the college that we went to. But yeah, our general thoughts, uh, it was toxic. Yeah, it was very toxic. Um, and I don't even think our cohort, okay, if you guys can hear my baby crying in the background, he's with his dad um, and it is bedtime. So <laughs> they're working on it. I promise he's not unattended. But um, it was toxic, unattended. but I don't think it was even the most toxic um cohort i think the cohort before us and the one before that were the worst but i think okay i think it's gotten better because somebody that just graduated told me that it's not that toxic anymore Mm -mm. it was cutthroat it was like like people were mad at me because of how involved i was when literally everyone was given the same opportunities like you could have gone and volunteered here too and i wasn't someone who gatekept like i literally if you asked me anything like i was willing to tell you exactly what i studied i was willing to tell you like Mm -hmm. i would share my flashcards. like i genuinely did not care like i'd be like Mm -hmm. i think something i'm proud of myself for is that i never took the competition to anyone else i was always i will say um if kirsten's listening i really looked up to kirsten and i think she motivated me a lot of times to do more um because she was just an amazing person who also did a lot um and you know what you surround yourself with is what you're going to be mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but at the, for the most part I viewed myself as my own competition I just always wanted to do better than I already have done I always like knew I and actually my husband is some like we've had to talk about this I'm someone and I don't know if you have this mentality I'm someone who genuinely believes I can accomplish anything if I put in the effort and set my mind to it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we talked about this and we Absolutely. were talking in the in the course of like being an athlete and I was yeah. telling him like but don't you think you could be a professional athlete if you just set your mind to it and like did every like and were serious about it and did all the trainings and blah blah and he was like no madame like I'm a regular person <laughs> and I was like see I am I'm in I'm delusional I'm like right. I could do it I could be a professional athlete if I wanted to. like that's probably my toxic trait is like I genuinely think there isn't a thing I can accomplish like if I yeah. if I don't put my mind like if I put my mind to it and yeah. that was the mentality I had in undergrad I was like giving yeah. it my best I think from an outside perspective I'm going to be honest with you okay you're ready to hear the honest truth from an outside perspective looking into who we're on like looked like right I don't think I was ever when I saw you I didn't think like you were like my competition or maybe I did think of it like you were a competition. Um, but I never saw you and cause you were, you were so involved and you were so out there. I can see other people being very jealous of just how involved you were. Yeah. And I could totally that see that. Like I wasn't child. ever like, 
I don't think I was ever jealous. I thought you just kind of, for me personally, I, you motivated me to want to do more. And I was like, wow, Maram's doing so much. I 100% think she's going to get into grad school. Like, I need to do more too. It was more encouraging to yeah. me than, than seeing somebody like, oh my gosh, like, ew, she's doing all this stuff. Like, like I hate, like, I need to do better than her. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. just not the person who I, that's not yeah, who that's I Yeah, that's not how I am as a person either. Yeah, yeah. If I see somebody succeeding, I'm just not like, ew, they're like doing so good. Like I'm jealous of it. I'm more of like, wow, they're doing so good. How can I be more like them? How can I be mm-hmm. that's how I am too. by them? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, But I can see other people being like that towards you. Yeah, definitely there were other people who were really mean to me. People, people want to be haters. People want to hate, Rob. People want to hate. I mean, if you have Basically. haters, then you're doing something right. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. Not like a, uh, no. a thing people say. Um, I, I do remember. You're doing something. I do right. remember once, like the the bullying. I am gonna call it bullying, but like it got so bad, and I went home and like I literally, you guys, I was a 19 year old, five six, five That's seven so girl, sad. called c- curled up in my mom's lap and just cried. And she was like, you know, you know how moms are. They're like, honey, they're just they're jealous of you. They're sad that they're Absolutely. not gonna get into grad school. And you are. I never thought I was gonna get into grad school, and now I'm realizing that was also delusional. I literally submitted my application and was like, well, it's okay. I can, I'll be a slipper. I'll be like, it's okay. I don't like doing oh, no, literally anyway. me. Um, literally, literally me. I didn't think me. I was going to get in. I will say, uh, I'll save that for the next segment or for the next um, episode. But yeah, I, to- it was so toxic. It was, that's just crazy so to me. Like, I wish I knew you. It was just. You know, and I thought, like, I, I used to talk about you. Like, I would be like, oh, yeah, oh I think gosh, I brought, really? brought you up. Let me, no, like, let me, so, yeah. So, like, someone brought you up once, and I was like, yeah, we're friends. And I I, I very <laughs> clearly remember someone being like, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, we're friends. We've That's talked, so like, a few funny. times. And they're like, I don't think, you guys are probably more acquaintances. And this is someone that I was closer <laughs> to. And they were like, I consider you guys acquaintances. I'm like, no, no, like, I love Hannah. We're friends. And I have we're that definitely same friends mentality now. with so many people. <laughs> like, I felt we were definitely friends now. Um, but I, like, even, um, <clears throat> like, Caroline, do you remember her? She went into audiology. She's an audiologist now. Mm-hmm. Congrats, Caroline. I was, like, I mean, I think she considered me her friend, too. But we were in completely different friend groups. But I loved her. loved her so much. And, like, in reality, her vibe like, was so no. chill. She was, so, I know. She's going to be, like, comment on her thing. Um, no. I hate this stupid. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, puts me in her, her burn book. Um, yeah. I'm sure if there was a burn book, I would have gotten put in it by some people. I just well, wish I, I knew it. I would have given you a hug. Don't, I didn't know that was happening to you. And I, I now I can see it. I can see it now that now that you tell me, I can totally see that happening. But I am so sorry on behalf of all of us that was looking <laughs> at you from like you were always in front. Yeah. I am so mm-hmm. sorry that happened to you. That's horrible. It's like okay. it's truly horrible. It's fine. It, it shouldn't it's, happen. I think I think it spoke to the person's character, both of them, a lot. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is actually one of them went to like the head of the grad school department and said, like, um, Actually, did she go to the head of the... She might have gone to the chair. I don't remember who she went to, but she went up to them, and I've worked with both of them very closely, and she was like, Madam is a bully, Madam is blah, 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 and they were both, oh, whoever it was, that. whichever one of them was, and they were like, we've worked with Madam, like, we know that is not her character, and I right. always say, like, something that I was taught, and I think this is more of a cultural thing, like, always saving face, is like... Mm 
always be the person who like when someone talks bad about you other people are like couldn't be her she's too nice she's too kind she's too has good character and I do think my parents did a good job raising me I think my character Mm -hmm. deep down is good but you guys when I tell you they got to me they were just it was not nice but thankfully my friends were very supportive my friends were the ones who were like this is not okay this is what bullying is and um they really like helped me stand up for myself so shout out to you guys but yeah okay so that is our undergrad experience that was a lot that was a lot Hannah a has lot, a lot, lot of I'm editing so to sorry. do I do that is accurate um yeah. let's actually do you think let's we had another segment but let's not do that segment um and hold off since we've been talking for a little bit too long I think we should just go ahead and introduce um um, the new segment we're going to do, uh, end our topics with, or end our podcast with. Okay, so we are going into, we're going to change the SLP rec segment that we end every episode with, and we're going to trial a new segment, and we're going to call it SLP hit or miss. And we're in the segment, we're going to share either like something that was a hit, that was positive, that we liked. Or something that was a miss, that was a negative, or that was a fail. Um, And that's just how we're going to wrap up every segment. So, Hannah, do you have an SLP hit or miss for us? Okay. So, Ram knows I'm kind of – I feel cautious about this segment. So, let's see how it goes, guys. (laughs) We are trialing it currently. And we'll see how how I like it. Um, Mm. I will do a miss today, you know. Now that I say it, let's let's try it. (laughs) And I've actually not done this before, but I heard about it. And actually, maybe you can give me some tips about it. So, I was in an interview the other week. um, Mm, And this speech. For a job? Yeah. Yeah, but I declined it. For one of this, this is one of the reasons why I declined it. But this, the... The, per- the people that were interviewing me basically told me that you have to do like a couple sessions or it's like, I don't even know what the rate of, of it was, but you have to do this thing called congruent therapy. Have you heard of this before? It sounds familiar. So I didn't know. I wasn't trained like this and I learned from amazing speech therapists, like absolutely amazing speech therapists. If you're listening, I love you guys so much. But um, I actually texted my supervisor, my old supervisors about it. But basically, congruent therapy, I had to ask them in the interview. I literally was like, I have no idea what that is. Explain explain it to me. I was very honest. And it's basically, you take two of your patients and you sit them down. They're working on two separate things. So like the speech therapist, you, you kind of heard of this, huh? It's basically she just said if one one of the part one of your patients is doing like try like food trials and the other one's doing a worksheet like a cog worksheet like they're um, doing a problem solving worksheet and they're doing two separate things and then you're the one therapist but they're totally mm-hmm. different it's not like a group it's a very yeah. two different task and you're taking data for two different things and so okay. I was just like huh what i've never done therapy like in an acute care setting you know like i understand well go ahead go ahead tell me if you heard i feel like that would be an insurance problem i feel like billing for that would be hard because at least where i was we're thinking a lot of the places i've been at like you Mm -hmm. if you're going to you can't do that like a lot of the places that i've been at but go ahead i have heard about it vaguely 
vaguely, right? I've seen it like they've done group therapy, like everybody's working on a collective goal, right? So like if you're working on conversations, um, or, you know, you're working on your speech and then mm-hmm. the two people, two part patients are having, you know, a conversation. Like I can see that being a group therapy, um, but not two separate types of therapy and mm-hmm. very like dysphagia and cog. Like how mm-hmm. are you going to control what's going on, right? Yeah, and so I don't know. So they wanted you to do that. Yeah, and I was like, so I asked my old therapist or my old um, social um, supervisor, and she was mm-hmm. like, she hadn't seen congruent therapy done in years, and she said it mm. only was typically used when it was more for like speech therapists giving like worksheets out, which is not functional, which I highly mm-hmm. don't recommend you just giving yeah. a worksheet and telling your patient to do it. That's not therapy. It's just them doing mm-hmm. a worksheet. It's like homework. They can do that yeah. on their own time, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that is my miss. I don't recommend it from what I, I've never tried it personally, the way it sounded, I would not recommend it. And I think it's a definitely, it's a, it's a miss to it's me. Not, it's a no, no. It's not appealing to me either. But if anyone has tried it and we're completely yeah, misunderstanding what it is, yes. please tell us. Um, but yes. it doesn't sound, the reason that I'm thinking it would be a problem for billing, I guess if, yeah, because for us, we, the places I've been at, they, any medical, I'm talking about the medical setting, they're very strict about the time that you put on for your billing. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like it can't overlap at all with anyone else. And we even used to do a group, um, dysphagia, a group mm-hmm. dysphagia, um, at one of my internships. That was actually really cool. Cause everybody was working on dysphagia. They're at different, whatever it was. It was cool. We can talk about it sometime. And even then the billing was very tricky um, specific. right it was very tricky we had to do our even our notes had to be done a specific way so that the insurance would cover it um that's what i'm saying i've heard literally me too i was thinking the same exact thing and then i've heard like crazy not crazy but my supervisor at the time um she told me about how when she first started she did the billing wrong and it cost the hospital like thousands of dollars like 50 to a hundred thousands of dollars oh and and they didn't let her go because it was her first time mistake but so I do know billing is super tricky or it can be. Um, okay. I've messed up on billing before, but I didn't um, cost the hospital that much money. Like what, that must have no, been horrible co- billing. Because what happened was the way that she did it, insurance refused to cover it. And then it was a group setting. So insurance refused to cover like all of oh. their. And so, that and then this sense. hospital is really expensive. Like this hospital, it's one of like, like I think I've said before, if I had someone who needed rehab, I would want them to go to this hospital Mm-hmm. but it's very expensive okay so yeah i think that's a miss good miss okay. this is the person who's skeptical about it yeah i don't know we'll see how it goes well that was my one miss okay go ahead what's your hit or miss this week okay so my hit or miss i'm choosing a miss this is something i bought it was all over the slp facebook pages and it is called where's my box where's my hold on it's called Greedy Granny. Has I don't know. Have you heard of this game? Okay. So essentially what it is, it's a grandma who is sitting in her chair. Let me pull it up. Okay. Jump scare. Also, if this is... Let me talk first because if it's too loud, you might have to cut out the next because the toy's kind of loud. Okay. Um, so it's a grandma who's sitting in a reclined chair with a food tray on her and she has dentures put in her mouth. And you, the game is to take things off her tray, but then she jumps up and catches you okay so the goal is to not get caught 
I bought it when mm-hmm. I was working with kids because I was like, that is such a fun game. Oh my gosh. Like it's a game I would play. Right. Don't buy it. It is terrifying. Okay. Are you ready to see her? Okay. Yes. Okay. This is the grandma. She's so scary. And then I'm just going to take things off of her plate. I don't know if she still works or not. But like you're supposed to keep taking things off. Uh-huh. I don't know why she's not doing it. And she jumps up. Like she literally. <gasps> why Oh my gosh! That is not okay. It's definitely a miss. I think like kids would be traumatized. They were were terrified. Let me get my light. They were. Wait, so you use this in therapy? Yes. So I bought it so I could use it, and so I did. I was so excited. You know when you get like a new material and you're like, yeah. Yeah. And it was considered like hard to get. So Mm -hmm. um, I was really excited about it. Um, and that's definitely a miss. Then no I thanks. saw her and I was like, wow, this grandma is terrifying. Um, is and then I played scary. with her and the way she comes to life, like she comes back from the dead. Um, and then right. her dentures shoot out. I don't know if you noticed that, but like her dentures shoot out. Anyways, the kid was so scared. <laughs> I've never played with her again. Um, and when I took her out of the, I have her, how like, much she cost? Um, let me check real quick. I don't know, but I can look it up real quick with a Google search. Probably expensive because, like, when I got it, everybody wanted it. And mm. there wasn't a lot of them. Inflation. <clears throat> um, Right now, she's going for $18 on Amazon. But I might have gotten her I mean, actually for 10 Oh, 10 Maybe makes sense. 10 I can do. 18 yeah. oof. Yeah, 18 is a little too much. much. But don't buy it, guys. It, I mean, actually, I think maybe middle schoolers would like it because I don't maybe. know, like weird or things. maybe high schoolers. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, that is my SLP miss. Instead of having a good time, I had a traumatized time. Also, that's a good note to like try your toys before you use them. True, true, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Probably would have known. But yeah, mm-hmm. she's just like this creepy person. Anyways. So guys, that wraps up this episode of Communication Corner. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to our experiences of undergrad and what we went through. Um, If you are going into undergrad, please consider being nice to your peers um, (laughs) and hopefully do not bully your peers. It should be a loving and wonderful experience. But hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, Tune in for our next episode where we talk more about our mini series our slp journey all righty guys have a good week bye bye